This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, everybody, uh, as far as, you know, parents and everybody who's, you know, start began the lockdown as of Monday, um, made it to our first Friday. I'm sure for everybody, it's pretty difficult to even tell what day of the week it is or if there's a difference at all between any days of the week. And trust me, I can truly understand. Um, as crazy as this has all been, we damn near hit 80 degrees here today in New Jersey. So, I mean, just just uh, crazy, insane, and this feels like maybe the longest month that was only five days long in history. I appreciate you all while we're locked in, staying here with Locked On as we continue to uh, roll through here. But it's been a pretty busy and impressive week thus far for a new regime uh, in Cleveland uh, from SI.com. Mr. Pete Smith, joining us, your local experts on the biggest stories, all things Cleveland Browns-wise, for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Uh, first things first, uh, Pete, my friend, uh, how you holding up? I mean, it's everybody's a little different. Um, thus far, okay, enough food, you good? Cable's on, you get your Wi-Fi, we're good? Uh, so far, I'm pretty unaffected since, uh, my job, uh, you know, covers this. I don't have to go anywhere to do that. Uh, I mean, there's stuff I would be doing otherwise normally, but uh, for the most part, it's business as usual, especially this week, which has just been busy with everything free agency. So that really doesn't change much uh, from my perspective. So, I mean, other than some, you know, trips to the grocery store, which are unusual, uh, just the way people are sort of taking precautions. Um, you know, I'm, I guess uh, I'm lucky in that I this really has hit me where a lot of people are obviously uh, losing jobs and can't work the, by virtue of what's going on. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, and it's you know, I mean, and everybody, I mean, look. I, Complain about it all you want. Um, point of this right now, whatever it is, is to get as many people through to the other side as possible. So look, you're pissed off, you're aggravated, you're agitated. That's all well and good. But uh, it certainly ain't going to help you now. Um, and look, we all have a common goal here is to you know get back to what was everybody's normalcy. Um, all right. Enough on that, obviously. But, uh, you know, everybody, uh, look, it is Friday. Raise a cocktail. Enjoy yourself. Kick back a little bit. And, you know. Parents like myself here, um, you don't have to worry about, you know, trying to get these children to do schoolwork in the house tomorrow. So, uh, Pete, since last we, let, we spoke, at, this, at that point, there was nothing done on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, Wednesday night, and um, kudos to you, uh, you know, they started to start pounding out names that you were recommending. Uh, B.J. Goodson, look, it's it's not a beautiful thing, and we both agreed that the way the linebacker market played out, there was going to be nothing left that was going to move the needle. But either way, you needed to start getting some bodies in here. And if you want to say body and say B.J. Goodson, that clarifies. That fits that bill. Uh, it's it's just uh, signals a change in how they view and how they value the linebacker position as a whole. Um, you know, Joe Schover was obviously a three-down linebacker. They don't – I mean, if they stumble their way into three-down linebackers, they're not going to complain, but – you know, in terms of spending dollars or or, or uh, applying assets, it's about finding guys who who perform specific roles. And BJ Goodson, you know, on rundowns is a hammer against the run. Don't ask him to cover anybody. 
Don't ask him to be, you know, a zone dropper type guy. You put him there to hammer the run. He can take on a block. He can get through. He can, you know, do those things. That is all they're asking him to do. So, you know, as, as people sort of, uh, various outlets sort of make it look like, this is how the Browns are, are replacing Joe Schubert. They're not. I mean, that's, you don't replace Joe Schubert. That's sort of their point is you get this guy's role player and he can help on special teams. And, uh, you know, even in his sort of remarks, uh, he made a couple of comments on the release when they officially approved it today. He was talking about how he's to be a leadership guy. And, you know, that's part of why he's here as well. So uh, just that position is going to be sort of minimized in terms of importance uh, for this team. And they're going to, you know, put more assets and, and uh, money on defense into other positions that, that get after the quarterback. So, that, that's the thought process. So, to me, I think B.J. Goodson is a good signing. I expect he's going to make next to nothing, uh, which is the whole point. And he does that one thing. They, they want to, you know, if he's an odd first down, they hopefully get to second and long or third and long and be able to get sub packages and rush the quarterback. That's what they want to do. Yeah, it's, you know, and hell, it's, you know, I mean, and if he does his job on first down, he's going to be off the field by second down because if it's second and eight, you're going to get him out there that early. Um, and like you said, I, I do believe, you know, they will bring yet another linebacker in, most likely to the draft. If he turns out to be a guy that can stay on the field for every down, it's all the more better. Um, but there's other, obviously other guys, maybe they have thoughts on doing that. And we'll shift to one of those guys right here, um, former Oakland Raider and, you know, this is, you know, and it's funny because when the name comes up, you know, there's certain guys that just get love throughout the draft process. Carl Joseph was one of those. When you play like your hair's on fire, when you don't just tackle, you destroy, guys generally fall in love with you. Um, was he probably overdrafted a little bit at 14, injured at the time of the Oakland Raiders? And God bless the Oakland Raiders at the time. Um, it's kind of the way they did business. Um, uh, and, you know, I keep telling people, Pete, maybe you're going to look at him like good Jabril Peppers here. With the Browns, um, you know, again, this is a guy. Don't oh, don't ask him to do too damn much. Similar to BJ Goodson, keep him within the box area. Always kind of try to have him coming forward. Um, but a nice functional piece, as long as the key with him is health. Well, I mean, the thing that makes um, him attractive is the same thing that, that that made EJ Gaines attractive when they brought him in. Uh, he will throw his body around without hesitating ever. And he will smash into people and do all those things, which can obviously result in getting hurt, which is sort of what has happened throughout his career. Um, You know, he can make plays on the ball and he's effective in coverage. So he is a really good, strong safety for what this, what this, uh, defensive coaching staff wants to do. They want guys who can, you know, be physical. They want guys who can tackle, but they want guys who can cover. And he fits that bill. So I think, you know, that, that's why a guy I really liked, I was hoping it's for a little bit longer, but he's paying, he, they're paying him like $3.5 million, you know, assuming he's healthy for most of the season uh, for the whole year. It's a tryout contract for him to sort of reestablish value. It allows the Browns to sort of do a, a travel for you buy situation they may ultimately let him walk next year but he's perfect for what you want your strong safety to do in this because he can do a little bit of all of the all the things you want he can play top down 
he can drop into coverage, he can play a deep zone, uh, but he's not going to give up ground against the run. And the whole thing for him is going to be, you know, can they get 16 games out of him or is it going to be closer to like nine? Because that tends to be uh, what happened, which is sort of why the Raiders fell all in love with him in the first place. Uh, you know, Gruden and company didn't draft him. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's that's sort of the deal with him. He's got to, he, he needs to find a way to stay healthy. And if he can do that, he's going to be somebody who can be a really good player for them. Uh, it's, you know, and he's, look, I just, he's fun. Um, you know, he's easily somebody that fans will fall in love with. Um, you know, I, again, the, the key is just staying on the field. Um, but with the way they're going to approach the safety room and they're going to hit it and they're going to hit it hard, um, you know, you're going to CYA there and cover your ass and, you know, there'll be somebody else just in case. Uh, we'll slip this in here, then we'll start getting a couple more of the other additions. One, you guys, you guys know I am absolutely excited about. Uh, the Google Hangouts. I'm sorry, not the Google Hangouts. The uh, Google Home. Uh, you know, wake up in the morning, ask for the latest Cleveland Browns news. You get five-minute, one-minute hits from me. Alexa, you Google Home. Play Locked on Browns. Get more of me in your life. Um, I've been getting a lot of positive messages back here and direct messages. Um, look, guys, I mean, I'm just this is what I can do right now. This is kind of what I offer. Um, as far as assistance, it's not like, you know, we all live next door to each other where we can, you know, trade paper towel for bottle, you know, toilet paper for bottled water, any of that stuff. Um, but look, it's giving you all a little bit of break of your day. Uh, it just means all the more and more to me. Um, but it's again, it's just you're talking ball here and for everybody just trying to get a break from everything that's going on here as we're getting closer and closer to possibly a, you know, countrywide shutdown. So check out Google home, anything locked on Browns, have them help you up with any info you need over there. And rolling into, you know, a, yet another draft, darling, darling Pete. And, you know, the – I mean, I could only imagine your reaction when this first came out because, you know, it's only something that we have talked about since the day the 2018 draft ended and where are the defensive linemen? Where are the interior defensive linemen? So here we are almost two full years later, um, Andrew Billings, and it's crazy when you can sign a free agent that just turned 24 – I mean, there's kids that are only, you know, a couple of months younger than Andrew Billings actually in this draft. Um, but strong, agile, again, question of health here. But this is kind of like the behemoth who can move a little bit because Larry's game has changed so much over the last year or so where, you know, Sheldon's almost the bigger guy, but you brought Sheldon in to be the athletic three guy. And now Larry's kind of the, the oddball fit now. You go get an Andrew Billings and you bring him in here because this is this is what you need to make this equation work on the defensive line. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I love the move. I, I don't love this draft class at all for nose tackles. Um, I think they are harder to get to plug and play effectively immediately, and there's just always guys around that you can sort of get and, and add that can do this type of thing. So Andrew Billings is perfect for that. Um, he, uh, you know, one year, $3.5 million. I mean, you know, that, that's great. I would, I would love them to be able to work it out where they can do another deal after this one. Um, but the best season Larry Ogunjobi has had in his career, um, if you go by metrics and stuff like that, was his rookie year. And his rookie year, he was rotating with Danny Shelton. And they could sort of pick his spots. He didn't have to play as many snaps. And he was able to do, uh, you know, more down and distance things where it's, you know, neutral or 
more of a passing situation, and he could do more in that capacity. Well, Andrew Billings, much like B.J. Goodson, is essentially a sub-package player. Short yardage, you know, a running situation, goal line, those type of things. They can put Billings in there. Hell, they can put Ogunjobi in there next to him on certain situations if they want. But it allows him to be more of a pass rusher, which he's very good at from the nose. Um, it allows him to be more of a disruptor and a penetrator. Um, it allows him to be more of a speed threat. And he can theoretically rotate at the three in this situation as well. Uh, I, I just think, you know, and this is why you know, I've, been, I've been pushing for this, is I think you're going to get a better Larry Ogunjobi. And, and I think, you know, people, if he has a much better year, which I expect he will have, you know, I won't be surprised when people point to the, the contract year thing and go, well, it's a contract year. And, and I don't doubt that would be, you know, partly to do with it, but I think it's going to have everything to do with having Billings there to take off some of that load and, and being able to sort of stay fresher and play, uh, you know, at close to 100% more of the time. And I think, you know, with defensive linemen, and it, it's so important to be able to do that. And I think you're just going to get more, of the best from him as opposed to a guy who's basically left out there so often because they just don't have enough guys or guys that can actually do their job. And obviously um, they, they, they upgrade a position. They improve their defensive tackle rotation substantially and they, and they give themselves some extra options. It's, you know, for me, I just, I appreciate, you know, I, I am, I'm a big fan of the signing. I'm a big fan of the player. Um, and it almost seems like some of these teams just said, all right, we got our guy and, you know, Nobody was really didn't seem like you know poking the fire on some, and you look at teams like the New York Jets with a boatload of money. Um, just some things they're not interested in. Granted, you know, uh, Andrew Billings may not totally fit the three four, probably fits the four three better. But I mean, just some teams just not really even biting in so much, and it, which enables you to get a lot of these guys in here, like you said, with a you know, basically with a lease option to buy type of thing with these one year deals. Um, I. If I recall correctly, Pete, you were on him as well. Um, one of my favorites in the 2015 draft class. Obviously, it's not gone perfectly for him. Cornerback Kevin Johnson, you know, kind of started his senior year at Wake as an afterthought. Um, ends up getting drafted, draft, uh, invited to the draft. Ended up getting drafted top 20 Houston Texans. Um, obviously, he was hoping for the opportunity last year. He did make a visit. Ultimately, went to Buffalo. But... Always been a fan of this guy. Um, again, same type of thing here with the one-year deal. And again, questions of health over the years. But, you know, A, number one, Kevin Johnson will get his nose dirty. He don't care about that. And, you know, covers covers well. Well, yeah, when he, that year, uh, the year before, I should say, there was a kid that uh, I had had a chance to talk to, and his, his dad was a, a trainer, uh, you know, and uh, – Campanero, the wide receiver, right? Yeah, Campanero. Same high school, yeah. He's like, you know, talking to me about his kids, and then he's like, you got to watch out for this, you know, this corner. And that year was Kevin Johnson, and obviously he was he's really, really good. And unfortunately for him, it's been a situation where he's dealt with injuries. His first year and last year he played 16 games. The other uh, years combined, I think he's missed a total of 27. Um, so that's three seasons. And it's just, you know, obviously, again, it's – partly due to the fact that he's not afraid to throw his body around and, 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 you know, make tackles and stuff. And some of it's just bad luck. So the Browns signed him to a contract, which could get pretty expensive. Um, you know, but, but that's dependent on him being good and being available. 
Um, but other than that, it's like a, you know, like a what three and a half million guaranteed or something like that. Uh, that could escalate, to, I think, to six or somewhere in that area. Uh, but uh, that's what you want. And then, you know, presumably he becomes the slot. But make no mistake, if Greedy Williams doesn't get better, and, and Terrence Williams is there as well, they are going to push. Uh, Kevin Johnson is going to push um, for you know, that, that, that starting spot, you know, when they, when they only have two corners on the field. And so if Reedy's not careful, Kevin Johnson may come and just take that spot from him. So that, that part of it also makes me happy that you've got, um, you know, another guy that can sort of make sure Greedy's, you know, doesn't take his eye off the prize and, and keeps getting better that they've got a competitive group. So right now, you know, the Browns have, you know, four, good, solid corners that they can go to. And, and increasingly, the way the NFL works, that's, you know, that's how you have to be. So I think, I think it's smart on a, lot of, on a lot of levels. I think it can work out to where, you know, if everything goes perfect, Kevin Johnson may be great for the Browns. He also may be great for Kevin Johnson in the open market where he becomes a really attractive option because he's not old. I think he turns 28 this year. So, you know, it's never he's – he's probably not going to get – you know, a massive, massive contract, but he could find himself getting like a two-year deal for a bunch of money or, you know, a couple years and, and sort of recoup maybe the, the earning power he, he may have lost um, with some of the injuries. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a, I, I like the opportunity for both sides. You know, the, 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 all these moves they're making have set up so that if, you know, the Browns just decide they're going to, you know, they're, they're going to sort of flush them and just replace them. And they all sign elsewhere and they all have great years. The Browns could benefit substantially with uh, compensatory picks, uh, which still here, uh, Vernon is in that camp uh, where he, he's in that same boat where he could, uh, he, he could uh, be somebody who, who potentially brings back a nice little compensatory value play uh next year as well so if you know the the browns are going to aren't going to keep all these guys for the long haul you know maybe they may keep a few but they they're trying to keep costs down on that side of the ball uh they have a pretty deliberate plan in terms of how they're going to spend resources and stuff but it just becomes one more way of doing it and then you know if let's say they get a, a nice little a few compensatory picks i think that's going to free up andrew barry to be aggressive in uh, how he looks at trades. I mean, he just spent a year with Howie Roseman, who is the best in the business at this, in terms of trading for people that teams are either trying to get rid of because of money, trying to get rid of because they're rebuilding, and what do they do? They traded the third and the fifth round pick to get Darius Slay um, and then gave him an extension. So now he's there for three years. And I think if the Browns start getting that compensatory train rolling, and they have a couple extra picks for next year anyway. These would be for 2022. That, you know, if they, 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 they make the progress they hope they make, that suddenly they're, not, they're out there in the market to add these type of players. And again, you're a team like the Browns. You're not necessarily, you know, a super attractive market for some of these players. And you just trade for them. And you don't have to mess with it. And you can add in what is a nice pass rusher or a nice corner. And, these, and, and the Eagles – are sort of the perfect example of the type of players they'd be looking for. Corners, safeties, 
defensive lineman that can get after the quarterback and then, you know, maybe a receiver or something. Um, yeah, like it's, you know, it's all about building and giving yourself opportunity to continue to build or, you know, flexibility roster wise, which they did here. And we had talked about this defense. Maybe it wasn't going to be a whole bunch of look, you, you know, you, you've got your names um, as far as, you know, Sheldon miles and whatever everyone thinks Olivier Vernon we still think he's a solid functional piece. Um, Denzel Ward, you're going to obviously have to wait and see now on greedy Williams. And like you said, with the Kevin Johnson addition, the key to it here is the fact that, you know, nobody in this building is, was greedy Williams a thing so it's going to have to be earned you've got a veteran here and at one time he was a former first round pick as well so it's not like he doesn't understand you know the game or the job or how it's done and whether or not you got to be ready to go week in week out so it either just makes your secondary stronger or you know serves as an insurance policy uh last one here we'll slip in something else here that we'll get to some listener questions um and I know this was part of the listener questions you know least favorite um the Sendejo move, Andrews, it doesn't move the needle in any way other than it's comes in, can do what's asked of him. Obviously, you got a special teams type here as well. Uh, one year, 2.5. It's it's nothing earth-shattering here, Pete, but, you know, every roster needs a 52nd, 53rd guy. And if all goes right, that's essentially what Sendejo turns out to be in this scenario. Uh, yeah, um, he's going to start. <laughs> He's going to be the starting free safety. Just is what's oh, going to happen. No. They didn't bring this guy in to sort of hang out. Um, that's part of the reason I don't love it. Um, he is fine for what he does. He can cover. <laughs> he can do some of those things. Um, but what Anderson Dejo does is first it obviously takes you out of the Anthony Harris uh, sweepstakes. He, uh, you know, and it's not to say they couldn't theoretically still push for it. I just think that. You know, they sort of understand what they are. I don't think they're going to go back. I think I, I think they've sort of made their move. And but but obviously, Anderson Dejo doesn't address this. It's not like some of these other guys where you're sort of like, this is a one-year deal. They could be recurring type deal. You know what you're getting with Anderson Dejo. You're getting somebody that's going to have to be uh, replaced, um, whether it's this coming year or you know maybe one more. He's uh, going to be 33. Um, again, he's fine. He's not great. He's more consistent than Demarius Randall, but he has that same habit of giving up some big plays that just sort of drive you nuts. Um, but he's, you know, he's solid but unspectacular. So, you know, again, it's it's the 2.25 million or whatever it was is, is great. I mean, it's not like they broke the bank to get in, but it's just like one of those where you're sitting there going, eh which is exactly what I said at the time. It's fine. I understand what the move is, but clearly you're, you're looking uh, for the next guy. And everybody knows when Pete Smith throws out fine, what it truly means. If you've been a long time listener of locked on Browns um, guys, make sure you're checking out uh, at Browns digest on Twitter. Uh, that's the SI.com page for Pete and his team and all the work they're doing over there. Uh, obviously a tremendously busy week and team, uh, Pete and his team have been, you know, covering the living daylights out of it. So props to them. Make sure you're checking it out. Make sure you're following the page. Make sure you, sh- uh, the Twitter page, make sure you're checking out everything over at si.com. We got some listener questions to go to here. And obviously first and foremost, Pete, this is becomes an interesting one. And, you know, I know you and I, we're both surprised here. We figured just with the delicate situation that is Evers and Griffin, we just figured it was going to continue on in Minnesota. Um, all intents and purposes, now it's not. 
Um, maybe he's not a guy that's going to be better suited in a big city type area. Um, it's interesting. Um, question would be, and you know, I guess for some, is is it him or Vernon? Um, if that's the case, you, you know, the way that this show is going to reside, but on the right deal, you're still keeping Olivier Vernon. Yeah, interest is definitely peaked. I know what they said. I know they're saying they're done with the Vikings or whatever. I don't know if they're done with the Vikings. It really felt like, they, they, you know, up to this point, they were basically only uh, talking to the Vikings. And now they've sort of opened their, uh, up their options. But if they ultimately, like, move on from Anthony Harris and trade him or give up and basically admit that this is stupid and, and, and uh, you know, pull the tag – they may still resign him. I think all that's really happened is he sort of opened up his options for other bidders. Um, what does that ultimately end up meaning for the Browns? He's really, really good. Um, there's no question about his talent. It's just the other stuff where you're sitting there going, I hope in, in this case it would be the best thing for him uh, because he is uh, a, a good player, um, but at the same time, you're sitting there, you know, with what happened in Minnesota with his mental health, you're just hoping that whatever is going to be the deal that he, um, you know, it would be the best situation for him um, because you don't want to have an episode where, you know, a mental health episode, and maybe that was truly a one-time thing. There's nothing else, but at the time, it was pretty pretty scary stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. what was going on. So, look, he's great. He's older than Vernon. Um, you know, I, again, with Vernon, if you sign uh, Griffin to a one-year deal, he walks after this year to potentially sign another deal. Obviously, if you release uh, Vernon, he's not into that formula. I don't know. I mean, if they can make him somehow both work, that would be, that'd be great. Um, that would obviously be a really strong uh group for them to have um because they do need to find a way to somehow get another edge player They're, the the group they have right now is just inadequate and no clay matthews is not the answer no you know, if you like pff for those who do um he graded out worse than brian cox jr and porter gustin from pff now i know the stats look nice and they're fine um, he, you know, he, he was productive, and I think he can help the team. I don't think it makes any sense for the Browns to go that route. Uh, but they do need help on the off the edge. Uh, I, I don't think you want to go into this particular draft class, which I continue to be concerned about with the edge group. I don't love it at all, um, where you have to go into this. And, and if it's an issue the Browns can't address, um, suddenly it becomes like the number one issue and, and probably the – the focus of then 2021 is basically finding guys that can contribute opposite Miles Garrett because, you know, you don't want to have him coming into that massive, what would be that massive extension, and then basically say, you know, we, we have to, we're trying to find you help. You want to be able to get as much help for him uh, along with Sheldon Richardson and, and, you know, the group they have and be able to keep adding to it. So that's one of the areas where I'm sort of worried. But, yeah, I mean, you would think that if they if they do make a move for um, for him, that they sort of that for for Everson Griffin, that they they are comfortable 
with his mental health situation that it's going to be a positive deal for him uh, and for everyone involved. Uh, so we'll see. I, I, I think obviously, you know, they have people with some unique insight on it that could be beneficial, but that is, that's, that's sort of a delicate situation. Um, and there's, you know, and there is some similarities, you know, as far as him and Sheldon Richardson, um, both can do, you know, inside or out, you know, whereas Sheldon has always been better inside Griffin at his size. It does seem a little bit odd, but it's always been better as an edge guy. Um, it's possible. I mean, I'm not sure him and Sheldon have much of a relationship. You know, Sheldon was in you know Minnesota for a hot minute. So it's not like, you know, maybe, maybe there's something to it. Um, and yeah, guys, all the tweets on Roethlisberger. Yeah, they're all good. Um, yeah, he literally looks like a crazy ass homeless person. There's just no other way to even discuss it. <laughs> he looks bad. And of course he has to put it out through the Steelers account because from his personal account, he's pretty much blocked anybody and everybody uh from dino at Drake maddox uh 28 um any more testing numbers on curtis weaver obviously those aren't going to come um edge options on day two pete and um you know as far as nickel which is still going to be big um and it's funny because i think a lot of people are in the same boat here meek robinson uh you love those sobs that you know you know, you can tell him he's five foot eight. You can tell him he's 195 pounds. Dude just does not give a crap. He will go out there and ball and he will play and make in in his mind. He's six two two thirty. 230. Uh, so Curtis Weaver, he tested everything except the 40 and I think his bench press. And he outperformed most expectations, particularly with his agility. And if you watch him on the field and you ask him to run in a straight line for 40 yards, you're going to be very, very sad because he just, is woefully slow going in a straight line. But weirdly enough, his hips are really good, and he's actually pretty agile. Um, so he's sort of a bizarre-looking athlete that can 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 fool you. Um, I mean, he tested well. He's got – from that standpoint, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he ran a freaking five flat. Um, but he's okay from that standpoint. It's that bendability that's going to, you know, make him viable. He's, he's actually got numbers that could – you know, theoretically, put him in that all-pro range. He's under that seven-one mark. He's at seven flat, I believe. He's got you know agility traits. His tape is his tape is just really uneven. I mean, there's things that you really like, and that, you know, but you're sitting there going, man, he piled up a lot of numbers against awful teams. Boy, man, he really killed Portland State, uh, and he got a you know a, a sack against Florida State going through a running back. Um, he's interesting. Hmm. He, he's actually again his 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 agility interesting because he has a great first step and like he can get to his drops quickly. And then you watch him run and you're like, Ooh, but, um, pass rush options on day two are tough. Um, Daryl Taylor is a guy that stands out as a guy, as somebody the Browns may like great looking body for an NFL athlete. I mean, he, he is rocked up, looks great at about 270 pounds. He's not finished. Um, and that may be precisely the kind of guy the Browns want um, uh, because, you know, they, they, they brought in all these guys, you know, they're, they're trying to help them with pass rushes and stuff like that. Maybe that's exactly the type they want. He's, he's not quite there yet. Um, one guy I'm somewhat interested in that could make sense for the Browns, again, so much of this depends on what their definition of 4-3 means or if that's ultimately going to end up going with a Leo at some point. Anthony Jennings from Alabama is interesting. Um, he's not like a really 
agile pass rusher, but he's got these really long arms and he can sort of do some damage. He's great at jamming uh, and playing the run and, and dealing with tight ends initially at the, at the point of attack. Um, he sort of fits if, if they end up going that route. Uh, Amik Robinson is a badass. I mean, he, <laughs> he, he tackles people. He's aggressive. He great instincts in terms of turn to where to turn and run uh, to make plays on the ball. Like he's a guy that will cut, you know, when the ball goes up in the air, he comes off his, off his receiver, tracks it and catches. He's got great hands. Um, he was a boundary corner uh, that's going to move inside to the slot. And that may take a little bit of an adjustment, but you know, if you're trying to draw up the type of slot guy that seemingly would fit the Browns, he's it. And it's really just a question of how early he's going to go, because I have to think that he's exactly the type of player they can get, would love to get. And if they can get him, um, I think, I think they, they, they will, will do it because again, Kevin Johnson's on a one year deal. He may not be here longer than that. And they may not want to pay him, you know, longer than that where this guy becoming in a rookie deal would upgrade their, their, their unit overall. He's like, you know, again, he's like five eight, but he's a hundred and almost ninety pounds, and he he hits people. He's, a, I mean, he's just really, really good. So, yeah, I mean, he, he's a he's a guy I think that 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 could be really good for what the secondary wants to do. Uh, yeah, he's he's becoming a, a perfect peg type of guy. Um, as we go to wrap this up here, Giovanni Ravis and Gio, always appreciate you, man, with all the pushing of the show. Uh, probably one of the most Loyal lock on listeners we have, and uh, obviously, you know, uh, school teachers. So, obviously, Gio, like everybody else here, got a lot of time on his hands. Appreciate you, buddy. Um, Pete, free agent wise, give me a name right now that you would y- y- pen to paper you want and you would do right this second Who of what's left. Well, um, Rashad Hill just re signed with the Vikings, which I, I was surprised by. Um, uh, Who knows I mean, what they're doing this year, but go ahead. Yeah, that Josh Klein thing's weird. Um, they've got to get somebody to play offensive tackle. Uh, they can't just – they're not going to go into this thing and be just like, well, we're, we're, we're good now. Uh, we're, we're just going to say to everybody that we are drafting a left tackle and, and we're gonna, you can do it, but they've got to get somebody for no other reason in case of injury. Uh, I still really like the idea of signing Storm Norton and the XFL guys are going to be available next week. Um, so that may be one potential option, but they may want more of a veteran presence. Uh, Joe Haig, unfortunately signed today, uh, with the bucks. And, uh, so I don't know who they're answering. Basically the things they need right now are another linebacker, uh, preferably a will. Um, they need a left tackle of some sort and they need uh, defensive line depth preferably in an edge rusher but defensive interior defensive line wouldn't hurt either yeah it's it's about there and that's about what's left i mean because you know this week is gone you know pretty quick and you know as we'll start turning to i mean for the most part we have to tier two of you know free agency so um that's it here for you folks this is you know a friday night we've gotten you uh six and uh six six shows in this week um look everybody's got time on their hands i appreciate everybody Again, for sticking around here with us. Um, again, a little break in the day here from everything else that's going on here. Uh, for Pete Smith, make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore on Twitter. Uh, make sure you're uh, following Browns Digest, the Twitter page. 
for uh, everything that comes through SI.com from Pete and his team. Uh, these guys are busting their butts. Um, been a busy week for them. Pete still hasn't gotten a, like most of the league-wise news. And, you know, obviously there's been a bunch of that is what has been a crazy, crazy offseason. Simple things like the Rams, you know, sold their souls to get to a Super Bowl but not win it. Tom Brady now in Tampa. So make sure you're checking out all of that stuff over at SI.com through Browns Digest. The show itself at Lockdown Browns, all lowercase. As you guys know, DMs are open. Uh, it's follow back account. Anything you guys want, look, plenty of time here. Things you want to put in, you know, we're going to start to get other things here, like what the AFC North has done and a little bit more, you know, what the league has done here. Um, the Browns have been busy this week. Obviously, this is the focus here. That's what we've gotten to. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, DMs are open again. You guys got ideas, you got questions, feed them to us. It's always a great way to, you know, fill some time here. And obviously, you know, any way I can appease you guys for spending as much time as you do here, we're certainly going to do that. Again, appreciate you all while we're locked in, sticking with us here on Locked On Browns. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.